Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, October 12th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Sporting Kansas City season ended last weekend, and there will be no playoff appearance this year. How rare is that? This is happening for only the second time in the past 12 seasons. On today's show, I sat down with club manager and sporting director Peter Vermees. We covered several topics, including what went wrong this season, how the fast finish of this team, they went 5-1-2 in their last eight, can have an impact on next year, and how good he's feeling about prospects for 2023. After a break, the conversation moves to the World Cup, which begins later this year in Qatar. Vermees speaks to the U.S. team's chances, he picks his winner, and then shares a terrific story about the time he coached against Messi before he was Messi. Okay, let's get started. What was the what was the, the value of the fast finish this year? Well, obviously it gets the guys, uh, it's probably a couple things. One is, I think when you go through, uh, when you have a lot, lack of success, when you're, when you're losing games and you're not, you're just not doing what you normally do, your confidence takes a huge hit. And so you also start to, it's strange, but you, you start to forget what it's like to be successful and to sort of, it's almost like you forget who you are, like how, how you play, how do you get things done. And the fact that the guys were able to get back to who we are as a team on the field and, and find success with that, it, it really helps with leading into the next year because you're not, you're not trying to use the offseason to just get over and figure out like, oh my gosh, why was I so bad? But you're actually going, hey, I was really good. It's only, a sh-, you know, they're thinking of it differently just like I am. It's like, hey, we had a couple more games. You know, we, we had been able to sneak into the playoffs. We're not even discussing this, but I, I think it just gives you a better outlook. And that doesn't happen with every team. I mean, teams that went through what, what you guys went through kind of t- can carry that into the final weeks of the season. That doesn't always happen. Yeah, and, they, and a lot of times they just keep tanking as they get closer and closer to the end. They keep getting worse and worse just because yeah. they know the end is inevitable and they don't have anything to play for. That's, that's, why, that's why one of the things I'm really proud of the guys is throughout the season their effort at least has been in all of the games. Uh, for sure, we've lacked concentration in moments, and that's why we gave up points. But effort is 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 such an important aspect in sports, right? It's and it's it's also why I think when you come to our stadium and you saw that the fans were still coming out to the games, they saw that the players weren't giving up, uh, and and I think there was a, a mutual respect for that. Um, you've, you've mentioned it many times uh, the, the additions that were made during the season and how that helped get things turned around. Um, if, if I may, just make a comment on that just for a please. second. The reason being is be, I say it only because, you know, maybe it's a little self-serving. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that sometimes. I mean, you know, I'm like anybody else. I, I, I like to be vindicated or validated every once in a while. Um, but I, I think it says a lot about our league in that, when you lose, you know, two very high quality players, the impact that it can have on your team. And so when you take Alan Polito and Gotti Kinda and they both play in the two exact same spots as William Agata and uh, Eric Tommy, when you don't have them and then you give a picture of what it's like if you would have had them and you see the success that those guys helped us, uh, you know, towards the end of the season, 
it, it validates that it, those guys were very important and those positions are very important to a team. Um, I don't feel good about that. You know, I, I don't feel good that it was okay for those guys to be out and then we couldn't get the results. It's just, it, it, it shows you that this team is, you know, it, it, it's, it's a good group and it's, it's solid. Every year you're always going to need a few additions and subtractions, but for the most part, it's still a very solid group of players. It also shows, doesn't it, that you take standout players off a team. Uh, I mean, we can talk about how, um, you know, how the team rallies around the loss of players, and we see it in all sports, but you take Patrick Mahomes off the Chiefs. You know, you, 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 know, you take uh, – Kelsey. Yeah. Knock those two out. Right, and changes, things change for the Chiefs. Correct, and 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 I I think there's 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 a there, there's another point to emphasize, and that's in my time here um, on the management side, never have I ever built a roster around the name um, from a marketing perspective, never. And so you, you hit the nail on the head. You're, you're talking to two high quality individual players that bring a lot to the field. And so when you when you miss that, you can rally around, but a lot of times it's for a short period of time. Um, sometimes you get very fortunate that someone who is in that position steps up and has the season of their life. And that can, you know, I, I think of, I think of like the old giants when Sims had to come in and 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 uh, you know he uh, you know has to go in. Sims gets injured. I can't remember was it, who was it. Hostetler. It, it was him, and he and he wins a Super Bowl, right? Yep. Like like that's that's abnormal, right? We, we both would agree that that's abnormal. But sometimes that can happen. But normally speaking, you rally around something for a short period of time because the person that's going in to take that position, they can they can assume the responsibility and the pressure for a few games. But a lot of times they can't assume that for the entire season because the weight of that, they're not ready for it. And so uh, I think that was one of the difficulties for us. But it's not just that those two players were injured over the season. A lot of other guys got injured as well that you were hoping that would make up for that. And, and that, that had a big knock-on effect as well. And this, if I remember this right, uh, Kendall was supposed to – you didn't expect him to be out for as long as he, he was. That's correct. He was, he was going to be back playing with us probably – somewhere around mid-April, April 15th. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they came back that he had a very similar injury to what Polito had, which is, which is uncanny, right? I mean, talk about getting bad news. I mean, at the end of the season, I never knew that Polito was not going to be available for this year until maybe about two weeks after the last game he, he wanted to meet with me and he came in and he said, I, I, I can't do this anymore. My, my, my knee is it's not right. I just, I can't do it. And I need to go see a doctor because something's truly not right. So the doctors thought that what they had done in that minor procedure may help him. But at the end it didn't and he had to get, you know, a, a major procedure done. And so that was a big blow. And, and, and frankly, I would, I'm being honest with you, that we just weren't, we weren't ready from a scouting perspective to have a replacement for him. But I'm here to tell you that we really wouldn't be prepared because we couldn't have, even if we had a DP ready to go, the league would not, based on the rules, would not have let us replace him with another DP. So we really didn't have a great replacement. Um, I didn't realize that, that 
uh, th there's a rule that would have prevented even if you wanted to. Correct. Wow. I, I mean, the, the, the disparity, so, and I'll tell you what the rule is. So, you have what's called a season-ending injury on a player. You have to do it before roster compliance, which is crazy as well, okay? So, if you do, which, which we easily would have done with Polito, now, now this is what this is what's really poor on this. We would get two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of cap space, basically, for Polito, which I'm telling you is, I know, I don't mean this in a flippant way, but to replace Alan Polito with a two hundred fifty thousand dollar acquisition, uh, that was not happening, right? Even worse. If let's say that we had a million dollars on the cap, if I go and execute, put him as a season-ending injury, I am only allowed to use two hundred fifty thousand. I couldn't take the million I had on my cap and combine it with that two fifty. So imagine I was better off with just keeping with, like, keeping with the million, and not putting him as a season-ending injury. Now, what's interesting is is that that rule is now up for. Uh, probably change after the season. Of course, yes. after the season. Yes. <laughs> um, speaking of Polito, I, I remember coming off 2019, the last time you guys didn't make the playoffs, and, and Alan Polito shows up the next year, and all of a sudden things are back to normal yeah. around here. That's how one player, there are others, of course, other roster transactions, but that's how one player can make a difference. It can, it, 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 for sure. And and sometimes it, it's like it's like sometimes there's a missing piece, and when you get that piece, like everything else comes together, uh, and and what it can do for a team is is astonishing at times. Um, he is he is a great player. Um, we have other great players on the roster as well, but it's why it's a team, um, and and all those pieces, you know, in in my mind, it, it's it's how I'm putting the you know the puzzle together. And when you lose one, you start to lose, um, you know, the, 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 you know the, the, the clarity on what it is that you are trying to actually put together. Um, is he going to be back? It, the nature of the injury, when he comes back, does he hit the ground running? Or is there a gradual uh, phase in for this? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a really good question. So there's a big difference between Allen and, and, and Gotti. And where the difference is, is that they had the same type of procedure. Gotti's injury was non-weight-bearing, and Allen's was weight-bearing. And that in itself has a little bit more you know, severity to it, if you will, on the return. So I, I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you. What I would say is the great thing about preseason is it is a – yeah, it's tough, but normally speaking, you spend the offseason preparing yourself to be ready for the physical aspect of it. What I never expect is I never expect a guy to come in and day one, I'm going to play him 90 minutes. So what I, you know, I have a, I have a plan, what I always do is basically I start out the first time we play a game, which is usually at least a week or two after the first two weeks or first mm -hmm. week of training. We play our first game and it's each guy plays 30 minutes. And then we train for another week, and then they play 45 minutes, and then 60, and then 75, and then eventually 90, and then we're ready for the season. So that's a gradual buildup. 
do they fit right into that right away, train every day? I, it's, it's a really tough one for me to say. I, I would say that that is the, that is the hope. Um, but the difference is, which I will say, is that what I'm not doing is I am not, uh, and I'm now putting on my general manager hat, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not going to wait this time around. I'm gonna make sure that we are prepared um, with other players to you know, augment the roster to the best of our abilities with making the other additions that we want to and you know, having the, the, the finances to be able to do that. The, the off-season planning, I imagine, in, you know, d- depending on how your team finishes, you, you get to start a little earlier this year, a little uh, more direct planning. Um, how, how fired up are you for, for what's coming? Well, I'm excited to start next year already. I also know that in the next, especially within the next, like, six weeks, there's going to be a lot of things happening because in November, that's when all the Major League Soccer player mechanisms kick in. You have, you know, not in this order, but you have, you'll have the waiver draft. You'll have the expansion draft. You'll have what they call a re-entry draft stage one for players that are out of contract, are not free agents, or guys that are their options weren't picked up. And then if they don't get picked up in that first stage, then there's re-entry draft stage two. There's free agency. Then you're going to have the super draft. Based on our finish this year, for the first time, and probably I can't even tell you how long we're going to have you know, actually a, a, a decent draft pick um, and I say that, and I don't, I'm not being uh, negative or derogatory towards the draft, but a lot of the players now stay within our academy system. So yeah. the, 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 the uh, college draft is not as fertile as it used to be. But usually the first or the top ten spots, you can usually find somebody. And so that would be, you know, advantageous to us. Um, so that will help. So there's all these different mechanisms on top of all the international scouting that we're doing so you have all these pieces that we can hopefully, you know, make some headway um, without having to, you know, you know, open up the bank and try to try to spend everything, every dollar we have. What should uh, expectations be for next year? I mean, is it just as simple as getting back to playoff level? Or well, I, I think look, I, I I've said this when I first started, when I first became the the the, the coach. Um, I remember being asked by the ownership group, like, what, how, do, how do I see it? Like, what's, what's my goal? I said, my goal every year is going to be a team that is competitive to compete for what I call the three trophies, which that has changed a little bit. The three trophies always were uh, the Open Cup, the uh, uh, Supporter Shield, and the MLS Cup. But where that's changed is now you have this new competition called the Leagues Cup, which I think is, is actually going to be a real – it's going to be an incredible competition moving forward. We don't see it yet because we haven't played in it, and nobody, you know, it's it's hard to imagine, but it's going to be something big. But our objective is to be competitive for those, at least to compete to try to win those trophies. And to do that, you have to make the playoffs. Um, you can't make MLS Cup. You can't. You're not going to win Supporter Shield if if you're not, you know, top in the league. So we have to always be in a place to compete for those and 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 to try to win. And roster depth plays into that too. It does, yeah. I mean, 
boy, that's that's such a that's such an undervalued uh, um, word, if you will. But roster depth is is everything, and and so uh, us. There's one thing about getting a few starters where we need them in different places on the field, but it's also taking the back end of a roster and, and improving that as well. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We're back on Sports BKC with Sporting Kansas City Manager and Sporting Director Peter Vermees. The conversation turns to the upcoming World Cup. Okay, let's let, let's uh, wind it down with just uh, some observations on um, what's going to happen in November and December. Uh, in regards to the, World, to Cup? the World Cup and, and U.S. and so I think I think my prediction for the for the USA is they'll for sure get out of their group. I I think they'll win the first game against the against Wales, Wales. which is ranked near them in, in the FIFA rankings. Yep, and they're a good team. I'm not not playing them down, but I think that's where. I think you have to have a really good start in group play. So I think they they're going to win that. I think they're going to they're going to do a surprise upset on in, on England. Yep, I do. And surprise upset might be, you know, tie right because that, yeah, that would yeah, be very good. Right, that's a result. I think their most difficult game is going to be Iran. Wow. I do. I think it'll be their most difficult game in, in the in the in the tournament. Um, they play at a very fast pace. They're 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 very hungry team. I think that'll be their most difficult game, but I, I still think they'll get out of the. Think they'll get out of their group, uh, and I, I for sure think they'll 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 win the the uh, you know the uh, first elimination game as well. They've been there before. Uh, yeah, but you know we also haven't qualified, you know, for eight years, so it's it's all new again. And these guys that are going, none of them really have any experience of what a World Cup is, and that I know that I know that feeling. I know what that's like, and and they will be. They'll first be. You're not over it, even though they've qualified. They're not there yet. So the first they'll get selected to be on the team, and that'll be a, a hurdle that they've overcome. Then they'll go to wherever they're going to go train prior to. That'll be an experience. Then they're going to get to their host venue, right? And that'll be different. And then they're going to get into their first game and enter the stadium. And they're playing their first World Cup game, and all of those things are are emotional hurdles that you have to get over and still be able to perform. And that's what I think is going to be. Uh, I think it'll be the biggest challenge for them. It can be overwhelming, I guess, right? Uh, it can, and I don't really care where you play. Meaning, you know, I don't care what country you play in or what league you play in. There's there, there is no other sporting event in the world like the World Cup. It, it takes on a life of its own. Yeah, I remember you telling me about your experience in Rome, and uh, that was. I still get have that image of dr- driving to the stadium with the fans on either side yep. of the street, and 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 you know I I always make the point that back when, when I was qualifying here in the country, I'd, every game we would be at home. It was an away game. 
because there was more fans for the opposition than it was for us. Whereas that was the most American fans I saw in any one place. And I was at a World Cup game and I saw American flags and it was just, you know, for every player on that bus, that was a, a surreal experience that, you know, again, it was an emotional charge, but that isn't always a great thing because that zaps energy out of you and now you go play the game. So it'll be interesting to see how these guys, the good thing is that there's a lot of players there that have high, high level experience with their club teams, which hopefully that should maybe give them a little bit of calmness as they go into it. And like I said, when they play now in the United States, it, it's they're playing at home. They have a real American crowd. Who wins it all? I, I'm probably going out on a limb here and saying this, and maybe it's a little sentimental, but I, I, I'd say Argentina. Hmm. I'd like to see I'd like to see Messi win because I, I think that. I've thought that he has been the best player in the world for a long time. And I think, unfortunately, he will be looked at differently if he doesn't win a World Cup. If he does, I think he will cement his spot at least I would say, as being the best player ever to play the game. Wow, wow. I was going to go top five, but do you think best ever? I, I do, I do. I, I, I've seen a lot of players in my day, and I've, I've crossed, you know, the Pelés, Maradonas. I thought Maradona, but what he has done um, at the level that he's done it at and the consistency um, and what he can do, because he's not just – a goal scorer like he can he can make he can make goals for other players he can uh, he can he can drop back into the midfield and keep possession he can just do it all and, and or he or if he wants he can just change the game himself um, and he doesn't need anybody to do that for him there's not many players like Pelé couldn't do that I, and I think you know the world he needed service uh, Ronaldo needs service. Now, can at times they do some individual thing that's incredible? Yes. But on a race, Maradona could do what Messi does. But personally speaking, I, he he doesn't have the discipline that that uh, Messi has. Um, it's 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 actually incredible. And he had had a chance in fourteen, right? With in, in Brazil, they got to the final. He he did. That they 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 missed a big one there. Yeah, they really did. I should know this, I guess. Have, have you played against him? I did not. No, I did not. I actually coached against him. Did you? Uh, when I was assistant coach for the U-20s in 2005, it was in Holland. Um, the head coach was Ziggy Schmidt, uh, you know, great, great friend and, and, and mentor who passed away a few years back. Um, in our group was Argentina, and so there was, so we had Argentina, Germany, and Egypt, and uh, there was three of us on staff with Ziggy, and he asked each of us to take a team. So I take, so mine was Argentina, and you got to understand at this time, Messi was like 18 years old, but again, that was going into the tournament. I was, I was already with the team, you know, about 18 months or two years prior to that. So I already knew of him being in, in, in Barcelona, but he was still kind of just going up and down within like the second team and once in a while sitting on the bench for the first team, that type of thing. 
and everybody's talking about this guy, this guy. So I went to watch him play in a game uh, in what country was South America? Um, can't remember. It's like it wasn't Colombia. I, I, I got to think through it. It was maybe it was Chile. I can't remember. So he's in a tournament, and I was watching all South all South American teams playing in this all. They say Subente, which is under under twenty, and uh, so next where I'm sitting, kind of sitting in this little glass box, if you will, at the stadium, and next to me was a uh, the radio uh, guys, and they're speaking Spanish, and I'm watching the game, and I'm watching the game, and I got this guy whose voice is coming through the glass because he's so loud. And all he's saying is like, messy, messy, messy. Like every time he dribbles past the guy. And so it magnified, based on his voice, what I was seeing. And I remember calling Ziggy afterwards. And I said, hey, Zig, I just got to tell you, I, I just saw the best player that I've ever seen at this age or even under 20. Forget about it. I mean, I don't even know under 23. I, the best player I've ever seen. This guy is unbelievable. I don't know how we're going to stop him. And so the funniest part about the story is that I gave our team, like I, I did the scouting report for the team before the game. And I had told Ziggy, I said, Zig, I, for me, we're playing against this guy. We, we've got him. We actually got to man mark him. And, and that, that kind of has not, not existed for a long time in our sport. It used to be a, a you know, it used to be a, a, a form of playing. And so you know, I said, we got to set up the team. We got we to man mark them. And he's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't, I don't think I want to do that. I mean, he was head coach. So I was like, okay, but I, I really think that we should do it. So, and I'm sorry for this being long, but no, the, 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 uh, when, you, when you go to a World Cup, it's, it's the same, even for the U-20s. You're at the venue city. What happens is, like, the day before the game, uh, uh, a group of people from each side, meaning from each team, come together and they have a meeting with the venue director. And the venue director lays out the uniforms so there's no conflicts, the referees are there, they, they talk about any uh, you know, things that they want to update you on for the game, whatever. And I get wind because they don't realize that I can speak Spanish and, and especially understand it, that it sounds like Messi's not playing. He's not starting. So I go back, tell Zig, you know, I'm like, hey, I have a pretty good idea. These guys, they're not starting. He's like, hey. now you got to remember, like, Zig didn't spend a lot of time seeing him yet. And, and right. frankly, right. we didn't have all the things we have today, right? To, 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 to scout. Yeah, we just did. Um, and so it's tremendous. So we, we start the game off. We go up 1-0. So we're winning 1-0. And... I remember we're going in halftime, and, and, and I told Ziggs, I said, listen, Ziggs, I'm going to stay outside just for a second. I want to watch. And I see Messi warming up. And I go inside. I'm like, Zig. I said, listen, they're, they're going to put Messi in. He's coming in. I said, we have got to man mark him with the guy. And he's like, the team's playing so well. I don't want to disrupt it. And I was like, all right, Zig, listen, I'm just going to go talk to the player who needs to keep an eye on him if things change, okay? He's like, okay. Well, that player was Benny Fairharbor. So Benny was on the team, and so I go to Benny, and I just said to him, I said, hey, if we have to make a change, you're going to have to 
to, to, to maybe really keep an eye on him. That, like, that's got to be your focus. So this is no lie. They kick off. He gets the ball. He dribbles from midfield all the way to about 25 yards out, takes a shot, hits the crossbar, and goes out for a goal kick. Ziggy leans over and goes, hey, we got to get somebody on, on Messi. And so I, I get up off the bench, and I'm like, Benny, you need to take it. So Benny watched him. We won the game 1-0. The best, part of this, the, the best part of the story for them was, and I know this to be true, the president of the Argentinian Federation called the coach after the game and said, here's how it's going to be. Messi is to play every single minute of every single game going forward. If he is out of a game, for anything other than an injury, because he, he says he can't play, or it's a card, meaning like he has yeah. you know, card accumulation or a red card, I'm firing you on the spot and I'm sending a new coach in. Messi played every single game there out, they won the World Cup. He was, he, was, he was unbelievable already. I'm telling you, he took the ball, he dribbled right down the field, boom, hit the crossbar, went over the top. He, he was unbelievable. So yeah, I, 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 I coached against him, I can say. And you beat him. <laughs> and I beat him. That's right. That's right. I got that and, and Man United under my belt. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production crew of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, George Howard, and Jeff Rosen. And thanks to Peter Vermees and the Sporting Kansas City Communications Department for making this interview happen. Morning Sports Edition is your one-stop shopping for everything that happens in sports. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat Casey.